It is amazing for us who have uh, live in a culture of um, plenty, and we know, uh, wow, what it means. And uh, they said the average Thanksgiving meal costs less this year than last year, but only a few cents less. Our daughter Lori and her husband Wayne and their two girls, uh, Sydney and Annalise, uh, Wayne is from South Africa, and uh, so all of his family uh, is there. It's where he was raised. He came over here to the U.S. because he is a very proficient golfer on a full scholarship at Florida Southern to play golf, and he met Lori here, and uh, they've had two children. This is the first time they've gone back to South Africa as a family, my two grandchildren, Sid and Annalise, it's their first visit to South Africa. So we're uh, coming up on Thanksgiving, and uh, Sydney, of course, uh, dawned on her that Thanksgiving is not a holiday that they necessarily celebrate in South Africa, because Thanksgiving is an American holiday that we enjoy together, giving thanks, and you know all the various and sundry reasons. And she began to ask us, we have the, the WhatsApp, and so we can text them anytime we want to. And she began to ask, what are you having for Thanksgiving? And it dawned on her that we're going to be having a little bit to eat tomorrow. And so uh, Sharon did not waste any adjectives at all. In describing what it is that we intend to have tomorrow, a multiplicity of stuff. And Sydney texts back and said, Graham, why are you doing that to me? <laughs> I'm already craving some of the food when we get back, and they won't be back at least until a week from today, I suppose. I'm already craving some of the food that you're going to have. When she said that, I told Sharon, did you mention the five cheese, macaroni and cheese? She said, no, I forgot that. I will send that to her, okay? If we're going to run the kid crazy and she's going to crave, throw it all in there. I'll talk about all the blessings of the Lord. I want to pause here and I want to ask you to think. Do you think we know just how blessed we are? Do you think if we were to pause long enough, that's okay, time out. I'm just going to ponder how blessed I am. Where would you start? Well, I know where I should start. I should start about the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's understandable. But how do you express, how do you express your thanks to God, my thanks to God? And how long does it take for us to come to the conclusion, I can't even come close to telling God how blessed and how thankful I am? When you pause for that moment, do you know what the enemy of our soul does? Because he never misses a trick. He will begin to whisper to you all the lack in your life. He will whisper to you, all the disappointment and all the things that you don't have or all the prayers that necessarily have not been answered and do his best to keep you from climbing into the arena of euphoria and really be able to express thanks to a loving and mighty God. 
It was, in fact, out of agony and out of despair and out of much misfortune, those early pilgrims experienced what could be considered that first meal together. We know that it was in 1621, many years prior to the proclamation of George Washington in 1789, in which they had buried the majority of those who came over with them, their ships misguided and blown out of way and landed at Plymouth. The harshest of winters that year, understanding not much opportunity for food, the ship that they thought that had supplies and food, they were burying people every single day. Why? Because of starvation and frigid temperatures. I read, as I told you Sunday, the worst death in my expression of reading is when a person starves to death. It went through all the agonizing pain that a body goes through when it is starved to death. And we know by the bare, meager supplies available, they must have thought, they must have thought, was this worth it? They must have wondered because they didn't have enough cover to cover themselves. They had very little shelter. They must have thought, must have been a bad decision when we left to head over to a country that we weren't really sure could offer us anything. The beauty of it is the purpose of their departure and coming to what we know as America today was far stronger than any of the pain that they had experienced. The purpose of being able to have what I call something that is precious. It is liberty. To enjoy the liberty without being under the thumb and being able to worship and exalt Almighty God without having someone stand there to dictate to you about the most important part of who we are. It is that spiritual dimension. The spiritual dimension of a loving God. And so it is, we know that in our country today, the most important value we have is not in our cars and our lands. It's not even our families, though they are precious. But it's that relationship that you can have in your heart and realize the only thing that separates you and me from eternal death is the one thing and the one person that we call Jesus. And that God, our Creator, saw our need beyond anything we could imagine and gave His Son to us. And so before this service is over, in a few moments, we're going to take an opportunity to be able to express our appreciation and our love for Him. So if we were to stop for just a moment and say, what am I thankful for? Can I adequately thank God? And tomorrow on the agenda of Thanksgiving Day, and people are saying, what are you cooking? What are you going to do? How many family members are you going to get with? Is it possible, is it possible that any one of us, in a moment of quietness, maybe independently of everybody else around us, to take a time out and remember that we are unworthy and remember that we had nothing to offer of value. 
and that he and he alone has given us everything that we have that we consider value. That person, Jesus Christ. It was amazing in the proclamation that George Washington gave. As we find in 1789, could you imagine him saying it today publicly in the public square? Here it is. It is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the province of Almighty God. Hear this, now to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits, and humbly to implore his protection and favor. Saying that in the public square today, wow, can you imagine how irritable that would make many people who do not believe in God and the divine providence of Almighty God and declare that that kind of person would literally be an individual that's lost their mind. But way before 1621, way before we find in 1789 the proclamation of thanksgiving, there was thanksgiving that was taking place. It was God who desired the people that he had created, those that we look back to in that Old Testament, those pilgrims back then, those sojourners in a land, the land of the wilderness headed to the land of promise, that when they finally came to the place, after all the years of captivity, all the years of traveling, all the years of, oh yeah, I'd like, I'd like my caramel manna, if you don't mind today. I think I'd like my manna to be a little bit like chicken and rice. I'd like my manna today, if you don't mind, to be a little bit like ice cream. It was the manna every single day. How quickly can you complain because the routine becomes routine instead of remembering the first day that manna failed and said, thank God, there's something to eat. And that record of thanksgiving is found in Psalms 100. And we're going to take a look at the screen, and I'm going to ask you to let's read it together on three. One, two, three. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. Come on now. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Put your hand together and let's thank God for that. Through all generations. Through all generations. His faithfulness to all generations. So I'm the benefactor to that particular chapter written there in Psalms 100. It wraps it up. The pilgrims, after that most severe winter and those that did survive, the rashes were still so bare. They had a tradition that they desired to maintain. It was put a plate, and every person had a plate, and there were five corn kernels, not five ears of corn, but five kernels of corn. And that was all the ration that they got. And they decided to do that to remember 
what it was like that first time that they gathered together to give thanks. And when each one would take one of the five kernels at every place, they would pick a kernel of corn up and say, this is what I'm thankful for. This is what I give thanks to God Almighty for. And then they would go to the next person and he would pick up a kernel and around the table and come back to the first and he'd pick the second up. It must have taken a while, must have taken a while to go through however many happened to be at the table and each had five kernels of corn and that was all they had. But I can tell you it gave them a mechanism to slow things down. And to be able to pause and be able to think while another person around the table was thinking and you knew that your turn would come again, come again. And about three people from now, you had time to think. And your thoughts would be gathered and not scattered. And not ones that just happened at a quick moment. And it is stated that in that moment, their reasoning for things got deeper and deeper and deeper because the mind began to connect with the heart and it came to the conclusion without the providence of God I would not be alive so I want to take just a few moments if I may one of those kernels of the five in the text that we read is make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. I'll be brief because we know that say, well, I've never shouted before. Oh, yes, we have. We shout at football games. We shout at bowling league. We shout, we shout in a lot of different places. We shout for joy. We shout in the shower. Sometimes we shout to one another. Everybody has the capacity to shout. But what is it? Is it just talking about raise your voice and getting loud? No. It, the term a shout is simply this. It means that with all your energy and your emotion, you are, you are literally giving that up with full force to the best of your ability. All of your faculty is coming out with volume and shouting, shout unto the Lord and give thanks. It's no wonder, it's no wonder that God sits in his kingdom on his throne today and in those moments sometimes we get beside ourselves that we just have to shout out thank you jesus god is good and give him praise and honor the second kernel is gladness serve the lord with gladness and come before his presence with singing gladness i heard someone say one time i'll tell you what I'm, God called me into ministry, but I'm, I'm in ministry and I'm following the Lord and the burden is just too great. Can I tell you something? The burden on you is going to be great. The difference is you can have a burden on you and that burden is great and you can have a eternal redeemer or you can have a burden that is great and you can be lost as moody goose and not be on your way to heaven. He said, serve the Lord with gladness. In other words, I don't say, God, I'm, I know you glad you got me. 
you know, I'm such a talent. I'm such a person with great ability, so you must surely be glad. He said, no, you serve God with gladness. Don't mope around. Don't just scoot around. Don't just get to the place. You're apathetic. He said, serve the Lord with gladness. When you come into his house, when you talk about his name, when you think about his benefits, let a smile effervescently be on your face and serve the Lord with gladness. And it's important to be able to do that. There is a huge difference between gladness and sadness. And why are we glad? You've heard the song. It's an old song. It's simply important. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that He is living whatever men may say. I see His hand of mercy. I hear His voice of cheer. And just the time I need Him, He's always near. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He lives and walks with me and talks with me all along the way. He lives. He lives. Salvation to impart. You ask me how I know He lives. He lives within my heart. Thirdly, dependence. I know there are a lot of us who are independent. Some of you are you're so hard-headedly independent. I'm learning to be humble, meek, and mild. <laughs> you're humbling me right now. So here's what he says. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Do you know what that means? It means that nothing can happen to us. Absolutely nothing can happen to us that will harm us, hurt us, and do us in if we choose to be dependent upon God. The enemy will always lie to us and tell us to shift over to our human nature. Always lie to us and tell us to depend on our strength. Always lie to us and tell us, tell us to figure out on our own. Always draw us down a path as if we can't make it if something doesn't happen. The bottom line is when we depend on God, God says, you give me control, and I make what you cannot do. I make it happen. Who am I going to tell Pharaoh that sent me? You just tell him this, Moses. I am that I am sent me right there. You don't have to worry about anything else. I am that I am. And when we gather together in a moment to take communion, we celebrate the great I am. Hallelujah. The cross, my friend, did not shackle him. The cross opened the path with which he could bring redemption to you and me. God used it as a tool. Here's another thankfulness. Thankfulness. I'm thankful. How many of you know you can tell when somebody's really thankful? My mother. My mother's one of those thankful people, really big time. We'll go over there to see her, and we may take her dinner or send her a card if we take her dinner, whatever the case. Mom, we're coming over, we're going to bring you something to eat, what it is that you want. She tells us what she wants, et cetera, and we go spend some time with her. And she'll say before you leave, 
She can't hardly get around much anymore. I just thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. Wayne, thank you. Sharon, thank you. Timmy, thank you. Kelly, thank you. Sherry, we thank you. Thank you. That's all right, Mom. We got it covered, okay? We got the thank you covered. She'll get up, and I said, you don't have to come to the door because her history is she walks to the back door, opens the door, and leans out when she shouldn't do, holding on to the door, and just says, until you get in the car, close the door, still saying thank you. And between 219 West Eagle Lake Loop Road and the red light in Eagle Lake, Florida is about a mile and a half or so. You can count on the phone ringing. I just wanted to call and say thank you. Mama, we, we appreciate that. I know, but I just want you to know I appreciate it. Now, let me be honest with you, transparent, I should say. Sometimes that gets on my nerves. How many know what I'm talking about? Mama, I got it. I got it. But can I confess to you, I don't think it ever gets on God's nerves when his people says thank you. I just want to say thank you. I just want to let you know how much I appreciate you, Jesus. I want to let you know, I don't, I don't think it ever gets on God's nerve. I don't believe that with all of my heart. It is the one leper of the ten who should have never returned, but went back and said thank you and fell at the feet of Jesus finally the final kernel of corn, gratitude. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. What? God is good all the time. Let's do it again. God is good all the time. We believe that, don't we? For the Lord is good. Amen? When I'm not feeling well and I don't think he's answered my prayer, I said God is good. When I'm fighting off cancer and I have a wreck in my own car and I wonder what in the world is going on now, God is good all the time. Somebody say amen. When the business revenue gets a little slack and the business is not coming in, you say, but I know God is good. Hallelujah. When your eyesight begins to get dim and you wonder, God, how many more times you're going to stick that needle in there, you say, hallelujah, God is good. Somebody is praying for me, my friend. It's high time the church got excited about the power of God's goodness in our life and instead of counting our problems we count our blessings and we name them one by one i've been waiting on y'all all day this is what paul says in romans eleven thirty six: everything comes from him everything happens through him everything ends up in him always glory always praise always give thanks so here's our text again if our guys can get it on the screen in psalms 100 i want us to take an opportunity and say it again with as much passion as we can on 6 10 9 8 7 
Six, shout for joy to the Lord. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Would you stand and let's give the Lord a clap offering if you're thankful for that, my friend. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord.